You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania and Launceston as well today. Right across Australia you can hear us each weekday at 9am and you can learn what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we've got David Maxwell joining us from Launceston. Welcome, David. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Good to be here. Good to have you here again. And uh, you will be continuing your new series this year, uh, Reflecting Jesus, episode number four today. And uh, we'll get on to what the topic is just in a moment. But uh, each week, David, you've been sharing your stories. This time last year, you were sharing stories of, I guess, uh, struggles and challenging times in your life. This year, you're Mm. sharing stories of blessings that uh, you've experienced. So uh, you've got another one lined up for us today. Yes, I do. Thanks, Jason. I think it's very important to be counting our blessings. Uh, as someone has once said, and uh, if we remember our blessings, it helps us to realize that God has been with us, probably a lot more than we would think at times. So one of the blessings I'd like to share today is uh, entitled A Friend for Life. Uh, and this was a time in my life where I was starting to, um, I guess, search for God again. And during that search, I, uh, I I guess I was kind of a lonely person throughout my life. So I, I didn't have very many friends at school. I felt quite picked on in a lot of the times. And look, I guess a lot of kids uh, who are different from other children around them do get picked on. So, you know, I'm not Robinson Crusoe there. But uh, I, I did feel quite uh, isolated, I suppose. But I was happy in my own skin. Um, most of the time I was happy with my own comfort, uh, my my own company uh, but you know as you age as you get a little bit older you lose you know you lose your teens uh, you start to feel you know where is someone for me and I'm, I'm a bit by myself all the time and mm. that's not so good and so I started looking for um, a group of friends and and I and I remember making the decision you know I'm, I'm not going to associate myself with one particular person i'm i'm just going to end up with a group of friends and 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 enjoy their company so i started praying uh, i started looking for a friend uh, i said well i'm i'm not going to find a particular person until i find the person i'm going to marry and so i started gathering up a group of friends and uh, some of my friends uh, introduced me to people and I had uh, one young lady that I knew and then I met her friend and I ended up marrying that friend. So, wow. <laughs> so that was the end of that. But what, what was wonderful was the way God brought her into my life and I was on a journey searching for him and she was on a journey back to searching for God again. And so we were kind of at the same place at the same time. And so we both began searching. I had a Baptist background. Uh, She had a Seventh-day Adventist background. So we had some good, inverted commas, discussions. I was going to say healthy discussions. (laughs) Biblical things. Yeah, that's right. Because, you know, my grandfather was Baptist minister. Uh, I thought we knew everything about the Bible. Mm. And it was wonderful. It was a real blessing to me 
just to find a friend. No, somebody who I could confide in. We would speak uh, almost every night. Uh, we would uh, we would see each other every weekend, and we became a really close knit friendship. You know, we we, we developed this really close knit friendship, and I I would suggest that for any relationship that's going to last. That is crucial, absolutely mm. crucial, that you find a friend in the person you meet first. Because over the years, as the attraction, um, I guess, you know, that newness of uh, that beautiful relationship, um, you age and, you know, time has those detrimental effects on you, um, both of you may wane in that initial attraction. Mm. But when you have a friend, those things don't matter as much. It's still important that they knock your socks off all the time and you see the person for who they are. But but that that friendship that you develop is what stays for life. And I was so blessed in my Christian walk that I developed this friendship with with Mary, with my wife. And, uh, and that was something that I think has stood us through our difficult times, uh, any of our challenges that we've had. And, you know, we always have that, well, every night we have to go to bed comfortable with each other and sorted out anything that has happened during the day. And again, we have that feeling of there's nothing between us that sort of is a roadblock or a wall or, or stands in our way. And, and that, for me, has been my biggest blessing, one of my biggest blessings, to have that person who is in my close circle of friends who I can share anything at all with and know that that's as far as it goes and we can, we can uh, encourage and, and lift each other up when we're down. Mm. It's like that biblical uh, verse that says two is better than mm. one. <laughs> and if, yeah, and if one falls, the other can help them up again. You're, you're right. Yeah. You're really right. Mm. That's uh, that's great. Um, yeah, I, I uh, just thinking about friendships in my life, I guess I've had many. Um, but, uh, yeah, my wife is also, um, I would say, my closest friend as well. Mm. It's, uh, it's fantastic to have uh, a, a friend and, and a person that you can actually share life with and share your struggles with and share your joys with and yeah mm. um, so just uh, a reminder and I'll, I'll just ask you about where we came from in our last episode but a reminder that to our listeners you can catch up with our past episodes on our Faith FM app and the Faith FM website that's uh, faithfm.com.au and the app if you're searching for that is called Faith FM Australia in the Apple and the uh, Google Play stores um, but uh, yeah where did we come from last week uh, David on our program yeah we're looking at the the spiritual fruit salad if you like yeah we're looking at the fruit of the spirit and we looked at love so far we've looked at joy last week we looked at peace and what it means what god's peace actually means and and today we're looking at long suffering long okay. suffering so we've done love joy peace and now we and sometimes that's translated as patience isn't it but yes uh, it is but we're going to look at the long suffering side of yeah, things today as yeah. well so we're going to look at that today um, and, of course, uh, we have our show number. That's the Tassie Encounters number that you can write down and save this somewhere, 0488 You can text us in answers to questions or feedback, and we've got a question for you shortly. 
But uh, we'd love to hear from you. And, of course, later in the program, we'll have a free book offer as well. So, uh, David, what's our question for our listeners today? Yeah, our question for our listeners today that I'd like them to think about, uh, text in some answers or even extend the question if they like, is tell us something uh, that was important to you that um, for you, something that was important for you to have in a life partner. So if you haven't got a life partner, what is something that's important for a life partner? If you already have a life partner, what was something that you looked for in that person? Characteristic uh, attribute. Mm. yeah, and I guess for me, um, when I was looking for a life partner, it was important to have somebody who shared my faith. Mm. And that was uh, important to me. So it, it, It's very important. Yeah. So let's, uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Text us in on 0488-880-891. Our first song today is We Are Waiting, All Sons and Daughters.
You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And this morning we're talking with David Maxwell from Launceston on the topic of long-suffering. This is the fourth uh, fruit, I guess, of the spirit that we've been looking at. And uh, just before the break, we asked you a question. What was, what is something that was important for you to have in a life partner? We've had a couple of people text in. Uh, David from Western Australia says, My wife and I have the Lord as our first love. So obviously that common uh, passion and love of God is important in their relationship. And uh, Freco says, Truth and honest loyalty is needed in any relationship. Uh, very I true. Agree with both of those things. Both are very important attributes. To David, mm. uh, today, David, we're talking about this topic of... Uh, Long suffering, and uh, this is on your series, reflecting Jesus. So, um, let's uh, let's start to unpack that for our listeners. Yeah, thanks very much, Jason, and, and greetings to David Edgar in Ellenbrook, uh, in WA. We spent oh, about well, eight years there some time ago. So, lovely place of the world, lovely place. Mm. Yeah, look, today I want to look at this topic uh, of God's characteristic of long-suffering, or as some translations will call it, patience. It's my hope that we'll be able to show the difference between what we call patience and what God's long-suffering is all about. Uh, but first, uh, I'd like to have a prayer, and then we're going to read the scripture again. This time we're going to read it in a different version. Uh, each time now, between now and the end of this series, I'd like to read it in a different version. So, Listen to the different versions and see if you can pick up anything different as we go through these different translations of the same text. So let's have a prayer, Jason. Sure. Thank you, Lord, that we can be here today. We can open your word and we can look for deeper understandings. We pray that your spirit will be with each person and we ask for that understanding today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Jason, so I've chosen a very obscure version today called the Complete Jewish Bible. Uh, so you may hear some things you haven't heard before as you read it. So, Jason, would you mind reading Galatians five nineteen to 26 in the Complete Jewish Bible translation? Thanks. Yeah. It says, and it is perfectly evident that the old, what the old nature does, it expresses itself in sexual immorality, impurity and indecency. Involvement with the occult and with drugs, in feuding, fighting, becoming jealous and getting angry, in selfish ambition, factionalism, intrigue and envy, in drunkenness, orgies and things like these. I warn you now, as I have warned you before, those who do such things will have no share in the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit <clears throat> excuse me, is love, joy, peace patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, self-control. Nothing in the Torah stands against such things. Moreover, those who belong to the Messiah, Yeshua, have put their old nature to death and on the stake, along with its passions and desires. Since it is through the Spirit that we have life, let it also be through the Spirit that we order our lives day by day. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. 
thanks, Jason. So there's a couple of things I picked up that were different in that version, and that was um, Jesus being referred to as Messiah, Yeshua, uh, Yeshua, yeah, and also the cross being referred to as a stake. Yeah. So I thought they were they were interesting differences. Another interesting one that I pointed uh, that I saw there was uh, it says nothing in the Torah stands against these mm. things, and I think other other translations say there is no law against such things. So. Yes, they're, they're considering the Torah or um, correlating the Torah with the law. Yes, yes. So I'd like to open with an illustration as we look at what long suffering actually is, and this illustration is entitled "Tears in the Night." In Western Africa, uh, when they were taking the gospel to Western Africa, it was fourteen years before one convert was received into the church. Now I wonder if we would have the patience to <laughs> endure fourteen years. Before one person was uh, one to the gospel, um, that would, that's that would be challenging. Tough. How would that be as a pastor? <laughs> David? Oh, yeah, you might not be employed. They <laughs> might say, "Thank you very much." I don't think this is for you. Mm. <laughs> in East Africa, it was ten years. Uh, in New Zealand, it was nine before one baptism, and two years before um, another baptism. In Tahiti. Tahiti, sorry, it was 16 years before the first harvest. William Carey actually laboured seven years before the first Hindu convert was baptised. And I would understand that. I would understand that because Hinduism is uh, something that accepts Jesus easily, but accepting him as God is something that's difficult for a lot of people, a lot Mm. of people. So I can see how that might have been difficult for them. In Burma, Judson toiled for seven years before he had Uh, someone saved to the gospel and once he was writing home and he says this so this is Judson he said beg the churches to have patience if a ship were were here to carry me to any part of the world I would not leave my field tell the brethren success is as certain as the promise of the faithful God who makes it so I think that really shows that there's no salvation without sacrifice mm. it's true in the sense of jesus he his sacrifice for us was important but it's also important and it's also true in the sense that sometimes it takes human sacrifice um effort and and you know troubles and trials to uh, as we strive um to help others to be saved as well there's no salvation without sacrifice so today i want to look at this fruit of the spirit the attribute of patience or as you'll see I feel that the translation of long suffering actually better better fits this word. There's um, that saying, and I'm trying to actually get the exact saying in my mind, but there's a saying that says something like that anything worth doing, you know, is going to be challenging. So, yeah, um, I, that yeah. Uh, reminds me of that. You're right. Um, yes, yes, that's right. And and often the things that are the most enduring are the things that actually take the most yeah. effort. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I, I um, have a model aeroplane, and oh, I like making aer- model aeroplanes. haven't made one for many years. There's a couple sitting up on my filing cabinet that need some repairs from all of our moves. haven't even got to that, but there's one called uh, G for George. It's an Avro Lancaster, one of the aircraft that we use for the dam-busting operations. And when I opened the box to do that, now I don't mind spending a lot of time on doing a model, painting each part and meticulously getting it all together. But when I opened that box, there were so many parts. I closed the lid and I thought, hmm, that one's for retirement. (laughs) (laughs) 
patience, mm. patience, long suffering. So this 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 particular word uh, is translated as either patience or long suffering, and is mentioned over twenty one times in the New Testament. In the Greek, it's makrothymos, and it means simply long suffering or patience. And although the same Greek words used uh, in all of these different references, the English equivalents are used interchangeably in different translations. So often as we look at this concept, we look at it purely from a human perspective. And I've explained this, um, that my mum would often say, patience means wait till mummy's ready when I was little. And so we had to just wait. It meant waiting for us, but it went, meant waiting without complaining. That's what really she meant. So this is a human understanding of patience, sitting and waiting, often you know, twiddling your fingers um, and your patience is dwindling as you wait. However, the Bible has many, many more references that refer to God's patience or long-suffering than it does to ours. And I would, li- I would like to actually look at some of these verses to help us understand this today. So the first one I want to look at, if uh, our listeners have their Bibles, uh, go to Matthew chapter 18, 26. I'm not going to read from the, um, uh, the direct Jewish translation. I'm going to read from the New King James for the sake of my understanding and as I've come to learn to love this version. So Matthew eighteen twenty six. It says, The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me and I'll pay you all. Have patience with me and I'll pay you all. This this patience that the servant is asking of the master comes at a cost for the master. It's not costing the servant anything, but it's costing the master a lot. He's owed a great deal by this man, and by delaying the payment or waiting for him to pay it off, it will cost the master in a lot of things, lost earnings, um, you know, not, not having the money that he needs. So rather than thinking on this, he is more than willing to suffer long. Okay, that's why I like that terminology. He is suffering. Not the, not the servant. The servant might be um, perplexed and suffering in that way, but he's not actually suffering the loss of anything. Mm-hmm. But the master is. He's not getting anything back, even over a long time. So instead of getting anything back, waiting for this guy to pay it back and suffering for all that time, he simply forgives the debt. And this means he's going to suffer the loss forever. He's never going to get anything back. Mm. So in contrast, look at how the man reacts. So in 18 and verse 29, it goes on and it says, So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me and I'll pay you all. So he goes out from there, uh, from being forgiven by the master, and he grabs his servant that owes him just a few coins. And he goes, I want everything. And he chokes him and he, and he shakes him and he says, give it, give it all to me. He's not willing to suffer long or at all, at all. And he demands instant satisfaction from this one who owes him so little. This, what I see, is a difference between the two types of patients. Mm. <laughs> I, I felt like you were going to say something. Yeah, I was going to say he didn't learn anything from you know being forgiven his own uh, debt. <laughs> no. You know he, that could have been a, a, a time where he could learn from that, but uh, instead mm. he went out and and uh, didn't apply the the same 
uh, patience and long suffering that his own uh, master had. Master him, shows so, yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, um, so really, it's it's yeah. The, that parable is talking from the perspective of the master who who mm. you know represents God. Represents God, I guess in yeah. this case. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and we don't see this because we're always thinking about ourselves. There's so many situations. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's time for another break. Just remember that question. Uh, Tell us something that was important for you uh, to have in a life partner. We'd love to hear from you. Text us on 0488-880-891. And our free offer today is a booklet called The High Cost of the Cross. We'll give you more information a little bit later. But right now, this is The Saviour is Waiting by the Malvinas. Bye. 
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and that was The Saviour is Waiting. It's a beautiful old hymn and uh, performed by the Malvinas. You're listening to Tassie Encounters, and uh, this is David Maxwell's series, Reflecting Jesus. And this morning we're talking on the topic of long-suffering. Before the break, uh, David, you were explaining that sometimes we don't fully understand what the Bible means by long-suffering because I guess we're looking at it from our perspective and uh, and I guess the Bible tries to teach us what it uh, looks like from God's perspective. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Yes, that's right. So, you know, before the break I was explaining that, that we often don't see um, the long-suffering mentioned in the Bible from God's uh, perspective, you know, referring to God's patience. We often mm. see it from our perspective. But if we were to change our perspective as we read these verses, then often <clears throat> often it can help us to understand better what the Bible is actually talking about. So let me explain what I'm talking about here. Um, we're, we're actually geared to instant gratification today. So, you know, phones, cars, homes, we want it, charge it, get now, pay later. You've heard all of these things. There's PayPal and even PostPal has come to clothes shopping. I go into stores and I see these signs saying, buy it now, take it with you, pay later. And, and you certainly do pay later if you buy too much. Mm. <laughs> but nobody wants to wait for anything anymore. Everyone wants it now, now, now. Um, but how does the sin in this world affect God? How does it affect God? Now, that's, that's quite important for us to think about. In Luke 18 and verse 7, I'd like to read something and, and think about God's perspective here. Okay, So from God's perspective, Luke 18 and verse 7, reading from the New King James, it says, And, God, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him? Though he bears long with them. Who's he bearing long with? Who's he bearing long with? Is he bearing long with the people who are crying out, or is he bearing long with those who are hurting those who are crying out? It seems that he is bearing long with those on both sides. Mm. You know, those who are suffering. He's he's having to put up with them crying out and, and wanting God's help. And on the other side, he's got to bear along with those who are afflicting them, who are you know giving them a hard time. So it seems that, yes, in here we see some of man's suffering, but we also see that it's God who's suffering. I see that very, very clearly. Imagine, imagine if you will, what sort of disruption it must bring to God's holiness, his happiness and his peace, 
to have to tolerate the evil of that mankind does to each other think about ukraine at the moment you know we're sitting here in a country that's safe we see it on social media but we can choose to turn that off we can choose to not read the news headlines we can choose to not pay any attention to what's happening but god has to see it all mm. you know and the longer time goes on i believe god indeed is suffering long with this sinful world as time goes on mm. you know in romans uh, 2 let me go to another verse in romans 2 4 to 5 we see that it does affect god uh, romans 2 4 to 5 it says this or do you despise the riches of his goodness forbearance and long suffering not knowing that the goodness of god leads you to repentance but in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent hearts, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath on the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. So here I see that sin affects a holy God. Um, we don't understand how abhorrent it is to him. You know, he's perfect, and, and he has accumulating sin in the heavenly sanctuary, which is what Jesus died on the cross for. And he continually has to deal with that. And, and it must have a profound effect on God. I, I can't imagine what effect it must have on him because we're so steeped in sin here, aren't we, Jason? Mm. It's, uh, I guess, it, you know, from a parent's perspective, you know, when you look at uh, a child and, and or, you know, perhaps a teenager that's maybe rebelled a bit and it, it, uh, it can be very... A painful experience to watch, and so like, I guess this is the perspective that we're looking at here, isn't it? Then, yeah. when God, when we sin, uh, God has to uh, see that; He has to uh, feel it. I guess. Um, yeah, mm. yeah. And, and it's amazing to read verses which give you some of that picture. So, Romans nine and verse twenty-two, I think, really shows this. What if God, wanting to show His wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath prepared for destruction. And the word wrath here means natural impulse or propensity. So in the Greek, it sounds like the English word horror. Uh, that's what it sounds like. And it comes from a Latin verb which means to bristle or shudder. This is how God reacts to our sin, our sin. It's a natural propensity from God a holy God, to have horror against sin and disobedience. So that's that really starts to show me this is affecting God. This is really affecting God, watching and waiting and being patient and, and suffering along the way. So it's not just sitting there twiddling your fingers. It's it's actually affecting God in, in, in a very deep way. Mm. Another chat, Another reference is in 1 Corinthians 13. And it outlines suffering long or long suffering as a characteristic of love. You know, this is both God's uh, love and his character, but it's also played out in our lives when the Holy Spirit comes through and lives within us. Second um, Peter 3, 9 and 15 also shows how much God suffers for us. Uh, let me read those two verses. So Second uh, Peter 3, verse 9 and verse 15. Verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering, there's that word again, towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So it's saying here that uh, God is willing to suffer like that. He's willing to be patient and for ha to have it affect him 
so that as many as possible can be saved. This starts to show me God's character. In verse 15, it says, um, And consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you. So Paul wrote about this. Peter is reflecting on it. And it shows me, it shows me that God is the one who's suffering. We often miss how much this is affecting God. Uh, we just look at how it affects us. Uh, I was, uh, we went to a daycare centre for um, our daughter when she was very young. And at the daycare centre there was this young person young person she was in her 20s and uh, she was she was telling us as married couples with children she didn't have either she wasn't married and she didn't have children how we needed to be patient with our kids so she was referring to a textbook understanding mm. and she said you have to, it's very important that you sit at the at the table and eat with your children until they're finished and our daughter was a painfully slow eater And I remember getting frustrated and saying, why should I be punished? I didn't do anything. And I have to sit there and wait for her to finish eating. (laughs) I've learned since that that's important to do. But nevertheless, you know, it was was something that was affecting me. And that was what patience meant, you know. Human thinking is sitting, tapping your finger, waiting for it to finish. But long-suffering contains so much more than just that tapping the finger. You know, while God waits... He is suffering long. He, dare I say, he's being punished like I was being punished. I thought I was being punished, sitting waiting for my daughter. Um, He is quietly putting up with our sin until the time Jesus returns and puts an end to the whole lot for once and for all. Mm. So it's not just about uh, waiting. It's not just about patience, but it's about uh, actually that that long suffering, which... uh, yeah. yeah, when we look at it from God's perspective, it's a, it's a different thing, isn't it? It is, and I'll dig a bit more into that after the break. Yeah. Let's uh, let's uh, give a bit more information about our book offer today, or it's a booklet. It's a small little booklet. It's called The High Cost of the Cross by Joe Cruz. Uh, delve to the very heart of Christian faith with this classic heart-changing journey into why Christ had to die to free us from the penalty of our sins. Not only will you have a more thorough knowledge of this pivotal moment in human history, you'll be filled with hope and marvel at Jesus' love for you. We'll give you the code right after the break, but right now this is What He Gave Up. to work out all right So I called out to Jesus and told him my troubles The things of this world were weighing me down But he opened my eyes to the light that was shining Shining through the end of the tunnel It's not about what I gave up, but what He gave up for me. 
It's not about my sacrifice But what I did on the tree It's not about my iniquities But that is perfect in me It's not about what I gave up But what He gave up for me So hear now my friends To the words that I'm saying This world's not our home Can't you see it's now sinking But Jesus gave everything To set us free Now we're living for eternity It's not about what I gave up But what He gave up for me It's not about my sacrifice But what He did on that tree It's not about my iniquities But that is perfect in me It's not about what I gave up But what He gave up for me He gave up His life for me It wasn't easy, it wasn't easy To set me free He gave up His life for me It wasn't easy, it wasn't easy To set me free Da-da-da Da-da-da, set me free Da-da-da, da-da-da, set me free You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and uh, that song, What He Gave Up, is so relevant to what we're talking about here and mm. the book offer, The High Cost of the Cross. It's uh, spot on with uh, that song. So um, I promised after the co- after the break we'd give you the code for this little booklet offer, The High Cost of the Cross by Joe Cruz. The code today is REFLECT, number four. That's R-E-F-L-E-C-T, number four, no spaces. Text that in to 0488-880-891. Now, before the break, David, you were talking about uh, God's patience. It's a bit different to what we normally think. Mm. We uh, normally think about it from our own perspective, but... uh, we don't fully understand it. So to finish mm. off, uh, how would you like to finish off our discussion today? Yeah, thanks, Jason. So before the break, I was explaining how we often read the Bible with our own agenda. We focus on how it affects us rather than how it affects God. So for for us to best understand the patience or long-suffering of God, uh, perhaps it helps for us to change our perspective. So there are a, a few more verses I'd like to read that actually help us to see how we can see this displayed. How do we see God's long-suffering displayed given that we can't actually see God? So, you know, that, that's what some people might be thinking. But, hey, I can't see God, so how do we know what his patience looks like? Mm. So the first one I'd like to look at is Second Corinthians uh, six three to six to see that the apostles actually seemed to have a good grasp on what this meant because of how it affected them as well. So Second uh, Corinthians six verse uh, three to six, we have we give no offence in anything, but 
our sorry that our ministry may not be blamed but in all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God in much patience or long suffering in tribulations in needs in distresses so those words that follow that word patience seem to actually explain what patience is about you know it's it, there are things that happen during your patience in stripes in imprisonments in tumults in labors in sleeplessness in fasting by purity by knowledge by long suffering there he actually you know that's the same greek word but it's translated differently there mm. by kindness by the holy spirit by sincere love so because we can't see God to understand his, what his attributes are like, often we've got to look to those who are living this connected life with him, I guess you could say. We can look to the ultimate example of Jesus, of course, but Jesus is not here today to physically look at. Yes, we can read his word, but often people um, have trouble reading his word, so they look for examples that give them the illustration they need. So if we can look at people who are properly and fully committed to God, following him faithfully, um, then we can see some of these examples of what God expects and how he lives out in our lives. So the apostles are a good example of that. Here we see that they're patiently doing God's will in the first century. And we also see that those patient, what those patient actions are. Firstly, they're focused on others. They're continuing the actions that they're doing as first century Christians are continuing regardless of what happens to them. So when you see what Paul is talking about here, he says uh, distress, stripes, imprisonment, tumults. I mean, he really knew what it meant to you know, do God's will at all costs. Mm. He says he was stoned twice. <laughs> and they thought he was dead. They take him outside the city. They knocked him unconscious with the rocks. And uh, and he was he had had um, was it forty stripes minus one number of times he was shipwrecked he had all these things happen to him um, and it results in much suffering on their part that's what he's trying to say so this too is what we should expect that God is experiencing God is experiencing these pains as he waits he is suffering long as it says in Second Peter three nine. Next we have Paul talking to the Ephesian church, the Ephesian church in Ephesians 4, 1 to 3. So in Ephesians 4, 1 to 3, here he says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord. So the first thing here is he's physically talking about being a prisoner. Many of these letters that he wrote, these uh, epistles if you like, he wrote from a prison cell. Uh, a prison cell and it wasn't like the prisons we have today there was no xbox there was no tv it was a damp dark cell with a hole in the roof where they dropped your food down and i, I suspect they would have just dropped it down mm. and you would have had to be ready to catch it you know they, they they lowered the person into it so here he understands what suffering is about i therefore the prisoner of the lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness with long suffering bearing with one another in love, in, in endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Do we really try that? You know, do we really try to persevere and, uh, and suffer ourselves just so that we can be united as a people, united as a church, united as, uh, as Christians? You know, this is what Paul is emphasising here. We... Go on. You were yeah, going to say something. I was going to say it's often a, a challenge, isn't it, when we uh, yeah. 
we have conflicts in our um, in our teams and what have you. So yeah, yeah, we always look to how it affects us. Mm. But God is saying here, the truly converted person with the Holy Spirit within, um, the Holy Spirit helps us to suffer long, helps us to be patient, helps mm. us to go through those things mm. in the context of unity. You know, unity is a really hard thing to achieve in human terms. Um, but it seems that this is what Jesus was trying to teach them in his whole life uh, when he washed their feet, you know, when he did all the things that he did. And uh, in Jesus' prayer to his father about what he wants for his disciples in John chapter 16, I think it is, uh, 16, 17, somewhere around about there, he actually asks for unity that God experiences to be experienced in his followers. Mm. That's powerful. Um, that is really powerful. It tells me that we are not able to experience this humility and long-suffering without God's presence within. So let me read uh, just one or two more verses. Um, let me see. We've got one here in Colossians chapter 1, um, 9 to 12, and we might run out of time, so I'll, I'll try and read this quickly. Uh, Colossians 1 9 to 12. It says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. He adds another kicker in there. <laughs> so not only is it patience and long-suffering, suffering long, he says to be happy about it. Oh, that's really hard. <laughs> How can I be happy about suffering? How can I be happy about suffering? Uh, anyway, it's also reflected in uh, Colossians three twelve to 13, and it's almost repeating the fruit of the Spirit there. We're running out of time, so I'm not going to read that verse. This is what happens, though, when we put on Christ, because it's his character we take on. Um, his Holy Spirit dwells in us, and then his character is seen living out through our lives as we interact with other people. As I said before, remember, there's no salvation without sacrifice. We're saved through Jesus' sacrifice, and as we work to bring others to Christ so they can be saved, often it requires a sacrifice on our part. Mm. We have no idea today the sufferings and hardships that those that have gone before us have had to endure before, before for the cross of Christ. We have no idea. We only have a little of what they've read. We don't know what that experience was like for many people. What will we give up today? What will we suffer long with as God strives to seek and save the lost through us? In all that we do in this world, God's not just sitting back waiting for time to pass, happily living a blissful life in heaven. Oh, it's nice up here. I don't care what's happening on earth. He is suffering long. He's putting up with everything that happens here and, and what we do to each other. So as we daily put on Christ and receive his love, this leads us to be filled with his joy and peace, as we mentioned in previous weeks. And following this, we take up his long suffering or patience as we wait for our change regardless, and I say regardless, of the cost towards each one of us. Mm. Thank you, David, for today. There's a lot for us to reflect on there and a challenge for us to, uh, to 
I guess, ask God for that fruit of the Spirit, isn't it, in our lives? Mm. Mm. What have you got for us next week, David? Yeah, next week we're going to talk about kindness. Uh, Kindness is something you may have experienced quite a lot in your life, but we're going to see what does the kindness of God look like. And tomorrow uh, you'll be joining Tabitha again. So you've got a special Mm. program tomorrow with a guest, Natalie Moore. Yes, yes. And the title of that that's on our Connecting the Dots, Peace and Surrender. So please do try to join us tomorrow. The code for today, Reflect4, the high cost of the cross. So uh, text us in on that if you want to get a copy of that book. We hope you have a great day wherever you are. And please join David and Tabitha and Natalie tomorrow. of our loving Lord Grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt Yonder on Calvary's mount I pour There where the blood of the Lamb was spilled Grace, grace God's grace Grace that will pardon and cleanse within grace grace God's grace grace that is greater than all our sin marvelous infinite matchless grace freely bestowed on all who Grace receive, grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within, grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all our sin. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.